Dylan Wright is your 450 champion here. Tanner Ward grabbing the motor to win. Is somebody got a light on their bike? It's uh, Zeka there. It's happening, it's right in an awful crash in the back. Stadium pack. Born a rock star in this life. Gone, live it up on the attack. Baby, I'm bad. I just want to get caught up in this Welcome to Off the Gate with your hosts, Dylan Wright, Tanner Ward, and Dario Zeka. I just want to stay that stay mad chip on my shoulder because they treat me like an outcast. I ain't going to take that stay back. I'll be swinging on till the hits come in all caps. Hey everybody, what's going on? Uh, we're back with another episode of Off the Gate. I think we're at episode six here. Um, I'm here with my good buddies, Tanner Ward, Dario Zeka. And uh, yeah, we have a great show lined up for you with some interesting kind of topics and comments and questions. So I'm um, looking forward to it. Uh, how are we doing, boys? Good, good. Uh, man, I'm excited. I just got down south like uh, about two weeks ago now, so... Kind of just getting settled in, um, yeah. Back to the grind. I mean, it's what uh, waited a long time all off season to uh, get back into it, and it's already here. Yeah, boys, we're back, and uh, it's kind of just counting down the days until we get to go racing, and counting down the days so I get well for me to get back onto a dirt bike. You guys are kind of living that dream right now, but I'm still looking out my window, kind of waiting to ride some dirt bikes. But yeah, that's that's all that's going on in life right now. Yeah, man. I mean, with the weather <laughs> at home this winter, it's been kind of gnarly. Like you get a couple cold days, then a couple like really warm days. And like, I don't know, man, there's no snow at home, um, like even in Drummondville. And I know some of the tracks even up near like Quebec City don't have a ton of snow, like a little bit where the snow drifts were. But um, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's been kind of a weird winter. So I'm assuming um, like I think I think Gopher is going to be opening up and whatnot, Dario. So even though you're not down here and um, enjoying the beautiful weather down south like uh, Tanner and I are, I think you'd probably be able to get back on the bike here soon, I would imagine. Yeah, I was going to say, honestly, I just kind of got back from a run because it was so sunny on my drive home and try and take advantage of those days. And uh, we can't really complain about this winter. It hasn't been too bad. And considering it's like end of February, getting on a bike somewhat soon here is we don't really have a lot to complain about. So as much as I say I'm counting down the days, it's kind of just it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I was Snapchatting Montana today, and it was like, in I lived half an hour from Gopher, so kind of southwestern Ontario. It was six degrees today, which is crazy. It's uh, for February, what are we, twenty fifth here today? So twenty six, pretty, uh, pretty crazy, man. It's a uh, quite mild winter down uh, back home. Yeah, and real quick, yeah, here, just because we're transitioning, you know, talking about counting down the days. You guys know it's only about fifty five days until the first gate drop for AML. For ammo, ammo, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think go for go for you probably have the date, Dario. April twentieth. I was gonna say it's best date. Speaking of AMO, there, Dario. Why don't you uh, read off the read, baby? So our friend Galdi hopped on board. AMO Racing, grab life by the throttle. Visit amoracing.com. Fun family motocross. You are never alone when you've got AMO. Like I said, we're 55 days away until Gopher. I hope nobody checks me on that because I'm actually just kind of guessing. <laughs> but <laughs> Gopher Dunes, April 20th. Uh, after that, Auburn Hills, which I'm actually stoked to get back to. Kind of um, like a nostalgic track for Tanner and I. It was kind of around and then went away and then came back They're on the schedule. They're going to be May 4th, 5th. And then after that, Sandalee, uh, Dylan Let's Wright country. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. 
but uh yeah schedule's looking promising i'm stoked to get racing um i don't know if you guys are going to be doing any of the rounds but i'll be there to get in your way regardless <laughs> yeah there's a there's a high chance i'll probably be at the first couple it's um i mean nice i i love doing gate drops and uh yeah i mean ammo racing thanks goldie i'll see you jumping on board getting uh getting the love for our podcast and uh helping us get this thing uh on the road yeah and i don't know if i can speak on behalf of you guys but there is nothing better than just suffering and having arm pump on that first ride back of the year when you do not have enough motos in and you're just struggling to get around the track i don't know if that's you guys but that's usually me i was just about to say um (laughs) like with the first round uh being like april 20th and the weather so good at home i mean even the people who don't get to come down south are probably going to be in much better kind of shape, I guess, on the bike, like less arm pump and stuff like that this year than they really honestly probably have ever, ever been because people are actually going to be able to ride pretty early. Like, so I think that'll actually be good because sometimes like at AMO's first round that, I mean, most of us are at for the most part, like Tanner and I race it pretty often. You're there, Dario, like you kind of see some crashes that maybe would have been avoided if people... Yeah had ridden a little bit more prior to you know dropping the gate so i think um i think this year it'll honestly be like good racing right from the get-go because people you know who don't have the time to come to florida like tenor and i do will be able to get some laps in and and uh probably feeling pretty confident even if they on a new bike or moved up a bike like in the amateur stuff i mean i think i think it'll probably end up being better yeah it's going to work in a lot of people's favor yeah and like you guys can attest to this you can work out and uh be as in as good a shape as you want but there's nothing like uh riding shape i mean i put in the work work in the off season and i kind of get down south and the first couple uh days you know i'm sore and i'm like oh there's nothing like riding shape you can uh can't replicate it yeah you can be in shape but dirt bike shape and riding shape is a complete different type of in shape gives a whole new meaning yeah yeah exactly yeah and I think it's kind of like, um, obviously like our first topic on the show is kind of with what we're training and where we're at kind of down South and stuff. And I think like, it kind of is a good point of like the first couple of weeks are kind of, you're just kind of getting back into the swing of things because like you said, um, as much as we do work in the off season, dude, there's so many of those like muscles that are so hard to like activate in the gym that, uh, you get on the bike and you're like, Oh dang, I haven't, uh, haven't used that muscle in a while. So, um, it's always, it's always kind of nice. And I know for me, like getting down South, like cardio and stuff, you know, we've been cycling a bunch, uh, together and stuff in the off season and cardio wise is pretty good, but I mean, dude, the arm pump and stuff is just natural. Like it's just, you kind of got to ride through it at the first little bit. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of part of the game for everybody. So if anybody's out there getting back on their bike here, um, you're not alone. You know, we all kind of go through it and it's just kind of part of the game. Um, and then you just kind of got to get through it. And after a few weeks, generally for me anyways, if um, it kind of starts to go away and um, get back into being able to push, um, you know, throughout the whole 30 plus two or whatever motos or sprints that we're doing. So, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can kind of jump on that and, I mean, today's my, I, I don't even know what day number on the bike, but I've been out here for almost two weeks. And like today was the first day where I'm like, oh, okay. Like I, I'm not going to get home pump uh, uh, anymore. So it's uh, it's definitely a good feeling. It, yeah. Like you said, the first couple of days are, they're a struggle and it's, it's important not to get too frustrated and, and realize, you know, it's the first couple of days. You can take a step back, 
ease into this thing, especially like us. Like we were in such a different position last year, Dylan, where, um, yeah, where uh, like we came in injured and um, and whatnot. So it's uh, it's nice to have the co- kind of the extra extra couple months of prep this year. I know. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I mean, dude. I, I mean, we were both coming off ACLs and stuff, and. Man, last week, last year, last week, last year, I felt like I got back on the bike and I felt like a fish out of water a little bit for the first bit. I'm like, damn, I probably should be doing better than I am on the bike. But it's just, it comes with, you know, trust in your body again. And you kind of have to build that trust back of, um, you know, like the reaction with putting your leg out in a corner and trusting it and being all right. But it, it's just mental. Like it just takes time. And this year, like when I got back on the bike, it was just, honestly like i was just like oh shit this is easy compared to last year just in a such better position um like physically and stuff that i mean it kind of just came naturally i don't know if it was the same for you yeah the exact same i uh i went to like we elaborated before i went to go for um kind of that day they were open not too long ago uh before i came down here to break in the bike and stuff with the team and um yeah like it was complete opposite of what last year was and just yeah like you said calm cool collected kind of know you have time you're way stronger than you were because you're not coming off an injury and then for me my last ride was like november end of november so really it was like two and a half months which is not six months like last year so it was i was able to do a 30 on day one and i'm like okay like we're in a way better spot (laughs) spot so that's uh just that alone it's crazy what it can do for yourself just kind of going forward and, and uh kind of where it puts you mentally for for the off season so you know that kind of fish out of water feeling that you had when you guys were both coming off of acl surgery that's what normal canadians feel like every year just fish out of water as soon as you, you get back on the bike about in the it. Spring. yeah yeah oh yeah I'm getting a little oh tired yeah <laughs> no it happens man sorry <laughs> that's what happens when you're you know got a full-time job and you know life life kind of gets in the way dario poor guy yeah I can't complain. You guys have full-time jobs too. Yours just revolves around dirt bikes and mine doesn't. Yeah, it's our job, I guess, to not, you know, put in the, put in the work and not ha- kind of have, you know, fitness issues. That's technically our job. I would kind of put that into our job. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have no excuse to uh, not be in shape. That's for sure. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess um, I just kind of want to mention, like, uh, before we kind of move on here, um, that there is a sick event kind of happening at Calgary before round one, like, um, with the MXON and Team Canada with uh, Courtney kind of getting it set up um, at a bar. It's gonna it looks like a sick vibe, all the riders are kind of picking their own drinks. And uh, yeah, it's been, um, I don't know, it looks super cool. And obviously, um Courtney always does a super great job. So I think um, it'll be awesome. And yeah, if you need, uh, if you're looking to kind of get a ticket, because I think there's uh, limited amounts um, to go on like social media or whatnot. And I should be good. And I hope, you know, everybody kind of comes out. Yeah, yeah, we'll touch on that too. We'll throw the link in our uh, Instagram bio there in our link tree and uh, obviously support Courtney and in the event in Team Canada uh, MXON. Obviously, she does, and and them as a group do a lot for for us racers. And this is the the uh, little bit that we can do to give back. Obviously, uh, 
I mean, Del, you've been to Disney Nations multiple times and you see what the work that goes into it. And um, yeah, it's cool to see kind of, it kind of gives the cool little vibe going into round one, right? Like a couple of days before round one, uh, I think kind of there's six of us, five of us riders can be there set up out of our own little station. And uh, I think we have a bartender with us making the drink that we chose and yeah. And then, there's a door prize and there's just uh i think it's gonna be pretty rad so if you're gonna be in calgary for the time and uh make a weekend of it don't just come for the race on sunday come uh you'll be able to get a lot more out of us on that i'm on the 31st there um <laughs> than you will on sunday that's for sure obviously the vibes are yeah. a little bit different in the mind state uh a little bit different than race day so if you really want to get to a little one-on-one with us this is uh this time and place to be I actually love 100%. the idea that you guys are making your own special like cocktail drinks because I just feel like all you racers are going to be bio steel and vodka. Uh, no, I think I've got something a little more fancy yeah, kind of set up. You know, we're I not can't give it away. We're not drinking. I know. It yeah. so <laughs> I just thought that's what you guys always drink. Do you not like? <laughs> is it not always grinding or? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, vodka our, water yeah sure <laughs> so i know we kind of touched drink on it more but... than you've seen me drink more than just a vodka soda on uh, vacay so you, uh, <laughs> I wasn't don't, lie to it. It. don't lie to the viewers <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll move on from this um dylan you had a couple things going on the past couple weeks and i saw you about a week and a couple days ago now but you're at some bike shows do you want to touch on that a little bit yeah, um, so Hana gets me to do the bike shows every year, like the, I think they're the Moto Canada um, bike show, so they kind of go across the country, and uh, I think the, I'm, I think the two biggest ones are Toronto, Montreal, because those are the ones they get me to go to um, pretty much every year, so yeah, I had to leave the uh, sunshine of Florida and fly to um, Toronto, um, and then go to Montreal after, and um, it's pretty cool, I mean, it's um it's a little bit different than what i'm used to you know different crowd sometimes in the downtown core but um i think it's awesome you know i get out i get to present the sport to everybody who might not you know be super keen or following it as much as um you know some of the uh some of the other people are so it's super cool um you know sign a bunch of posters take pictures um and obviously like do some dealer meeting stuff and meet with um, a bunch of the dealers and everybody just, you know, just kind of be a brand ambassador for a couple weekends. And it's pretty cool. You know, Honda obviously treats me super well those weekends and they have the nice backdrop and everything. Um, and, you know, honestly, it um, it's pretty fun and they do a good job and you see all the new models and all the same place. And uh, yeah, it was sick to see kind of everybody getting excited for the spring and coming out and, um, and uh, getting excited about, you know, dirt bikes and motorcycles. Yeah, it yeah, looked pretty sweet. Yeah, sorry, sorry Tanner, I'll, go ahead. Uh, elaborate a little bit on that. Well, not elaborate, but kind of maybe question down a little bit because I wasn't there. But um, from what I've seen from Instagram, um, obviously I'm going to go on a different approach. But it looked like the, the Triple Crown guys were at both the Toronto and Montreal show. And, like, look, they, they had a good, pretty good sweet setup. Obviously, Toronto looked like more of a team present, just being – more of the hub of where the teams kind of can go to and and whatnot but uh yeah it looks like they did a good job what uh would you see from being on site there yeah i think uh it was honestly sick to see the triple crown guys there because like i said it's a kind of 
it's not all motocross people, right? There's a lot of street bike and adventure bike people. And, um, I think it's awesome to see them have a presence and, you know, show the series and people, um, you know, what stop they could maybe make it to what race, like in Toronto would be more like Walton gopher, maybe Sandali, depending on what kind of side. And then with Montreal, you either got Sandali or Deschambeau. And I think it just kind of shows people that there's big events, big motocross events happening in that area. And I think it's cool. They haven't really um, done the shows before. And there's a lot of people that go through those shows, like especially Montreal this weekend was huge, man. Like there was a ton of people. It was packed and um, it's good to get some traction to the uh, motocross side of things. If people, you know, for the people who might be interested, but don't really know kind of what's going on or what the series or, um, or whatnot if they don't follow it as much so um i think it was really cool and their booth was sick they had you know a bunch of the team bikes and gear and then deschambeau had a thing set up at uh, montreal and uh yeah it was cool that the race is kind of going on the tv and they had some podcasts and you know talking to trying to you know interact with the crowd and i think i think they did a good job so i mean hats off to those guys for you know, putting some money into the kind of the advertising side of it. I know that stuff sometimes isn't cheap. So it's, uh, it's good to see, it's good to see them, um, you know, starting off the year with a bang. Yeah. yeah. I think the, I'm sorry, Dara, I keep cutting you off, but it looks like the teams kind of were pretty present with it too. Right. So, um, I guess one last question I have for you, Dale, about the bike shows, any off the gate fans? Yeah, dude, honestly, um, a lot of kind of the dealer side of it and then some fans coming through saying like, hey, listen to your podcast, love what you're doing. And, you know, some of the people, hey, love the honesty. They kind of, you know, get a different side of that us that they wouldn't really see on Instagram and stuff. So um, I honestly thought it was cool. And I think um, it'll be... I think it's good. I think it's gaining traction and um, people are people are enjoying it. So um, it was sick to kind of get that aspect. I mean, because you never really know when you start something like this and where it's kind of going to go. So it's good to see um, people interested anyways. All right, Dale, one last thing to touch on just because you were at the bike shows and you got to see both of these shows and I popped into Toronto. But did you feel like there was more of a dirt bike presence than there usually is? Because I felt like when I went there, it seemed like there was a lot of off-road presence where these motorcycle shows are usually taken up by some of the on, on-road on guys. Did you think there was like a lot more dirt bike presence than normal? Because that's kind of the vibe I got. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because a lot of time I'm like kind of in the Honda booth. I mean, you see, like I'm stuck in my own little world over there. But um, it did seem to me like these companies are pushing the off-road side. I think COVID really probably helped with that. It killed a lot of the show but um like the motorcycle shows and they're kind of starting to come back really good but um the motocross side of things seem to be like well represented you know like with uh riders and teams and team bikes and everything on display and i think the manufacturers are kind of get getting behind the motocross teams that they support and um you know kind of getting it out to the broader range of people and i think this type of and I'm not sure I would need to see stats on it, but this type of riding of like off-road and dual sport riding is just getting bigger, like kind of this adventure bike style. You see the manufacturers coming up with new models and stuff like that. So I think that's a really big market um, right now and it's a hot market. So um, it's super cool to see. Um, I mean, the more people we can get into the off-road riding, whether it's motocross, dual sport, off-road riding and trails, I mean, it all kind of goes together. I mean, it's all, you know, we're all riding bikes for fun and, um, 
I think it's uh, I think it's cool. So yeah, that presence was definitely up. Um, yeah, it was cool. From like the I Harley felt like Cannon I saw type of thing. every new motocross model that I could have seen, except for maybe a Suzuki. But other than that, there's pretty much everything there, including the Triumph. So I don't know. I just felt like the off-road presence was really good. Yeah, um, I would agree, and it's good to see. You guys want to switch over to this next category? It's actually going to be a pretty long one, but I think it's well worth it. Yes, sir. Yeah, hit us with yes, it. Sir. Hit All us right. What you got, mate? This topic was actually a, a question that was submitted by Ryan Gold again, and uh, we're kind of making it into a topic segment because I think we can all agree that we're going to go pretty deep into this response. So I'm going to I'm gonna send this one out there, and then whichever one of you wants to start it off and answer, you go ahead, but we're going to get your opinions on this. So the question is, what does a pro in Canada deserve to be paid? Uh, you guys know the industry. I'm going to give you guys the, the fact that there's only eight nationals. Um, in your honest opinion, what does a pro who is winning the series deserve to be paid? Now, I just want to clarify because I don't want to put Dylan or Tanner in a position where anybody might think that this is what they're being paid. It's not. It's what they believe based on the knowledge they have that a pro winning this series deserves to be paid. So I'm going to pass that on to whichever one of you wants to pick it up. <laughs> um, I mean, it's pretty simple. Dylan, can you just tell us your numbers? You're winning. I'm going to start with no. I cannot disclose that. But any other sport you do. Which is fair. Why Completely we're fair. Not, we're not, yeah, and I don't know why with motocross we're not allowed. Like even in the U.S. we don't know. So, um, yeah, I can't. I am no... I'm in no, uh, I don't even know how to say that. I'm in <laughs> no, you're in no, position no position to disclose this. Yeah, I this is say. not a reflection of true numbers. This is what you believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, nah, you, you go, Dale. You let us, I want to know your opinion on this. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is a tough one because I feel like there's people going to be on both sides of the fence here. Um, probably going to get hate on from some, but then, you know, some people are definitely going to agree, but. I mean, when you look at our sport, like in Canada, yes, there's eight races and we'd all like there to be more than eight, right? We'd like there to be nine or 10, even as racers, we want, we want more races and we wanted the series to grow. And like I said, this isn't a reflection of like the numbers that are kind of being made out there right now. It, it's not, I, this is what we would like get to get to. Um, and I think, I mean, it's tough because we don't have the numbers, but I think it has been here in the past um, when the series, you know, prior to COVID and it was, it was healthy and, um, you know, title sponsorship and everything like that. Um, but in my opinion, I mean, a guy who is winning the Canadian series, I think there's definitely a place there to be making good money. And I mean, in, that, in today's day and age, we all need to, you know, if you're winning the sport in a pretty big country like Canada um you know I think there's <laughs> you should be able to live pretty kind of well off I guess um and I mean so I'm gonna throw a number because everybody's gonna want a number here but the guy who wins and this is not salary because we all know that motocross is a bonus based um contract for the most part and so this is not salary this is gonna be all in um like a guy who winning you know enough races to win the championship you win the championship plus your salary and sponsor endorsements and everything um 
I think like the guy who wins, I mean, I would like it to get to be about 300 K. I mean, if the amount of work and everything that goes in behind the scenes, I mean, you guys know, like how much money, you know, teams are spending on suspension and testing and engines and everything like that. Um, you know, behind the scenes, it would, would be awesome, you know, for the athletes to be getting paid, um, you know, very well. And that's obviously as an athlete, I would, you know, we, I would love for it to get there to be about that number, about 300, um, for the winner. And yeah, I think that like a podium guy, like finishing third guy, just off the box, like fourth, like, man, with the cost of living right now, like they should be making 80 to 120. Like, I mean, it's just kind of the fact of the matter that, you know, we, it costs a lot to race um, with training and testing. Like that's more on the team side, but the training side for an athlete and coming to Florida and being at training facilities and, you know, um, rehab and physio and everything, like everything kind of costs a lot of money. Um, so, I mean, you kind of need to be rewarded when you're putting in results. That's my opinion. And I know people are going to say I'm nuts and that's a, astronomical number and whatnot i might get hate for it but that's realistically like if we have a really good base series we have lots of fans and everybody coming i really like you know that would be the kind of ideal range that i think we should be at yeah i'll uh, i'll jump in here i mean you're spot on in my opinion um like i think that's a realistic number for for the work that's being put in um obviously if the number was to get that high i think some other obligations like it's maybe some more bike show stuff more off-season stuff is probably going to come in because obviously there's more people dishing out money and you expect more out of them which is which is rightfully so but uh no i think 300 is 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 well deserved for if you're a 450 champion in canada for what goes into it um and yeah, how much you're investing into you into it as well, and into yourself, and into your racing. Um, obviously, a team spends a lot of money, but um, but yeah, like we spend a lot of our own money, which people don't probably realize, right? Like what? Which it's tough. This topic's tough because you don't want to come off of like I'm not trying to come off of like feel bad for me or blah blah blah, but like it just it's the it's the truth, and it's just a matter of what it is, and um yeah we we invest in ourselves and in, in in hopes that we we make that uh roi and and the day sometimes we don't but um no like remember when in was it 2018 when triple crown first came out like they put 100k on the line so if that was somehow we could get back to that with you mean then you have your salary then your bonuses and then the weekend checks from the uh, triple crown and just all the little things add up 300k is really not that bad so there's is anyone that thinks that we're crazy like i mean i don't think we're crazy think talking like this in my opinion um so can i just play devil's advocate here because i pulled up my calculator yep 300k and i know this is like completely i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go into it 300k means you're making thirty-seven thousand five hundred dollars per race per eight rounds and for the record, I completely agree with you guys. I think uh, 300K is actually selling yourself short. And that's just my outside uh, non-industry being paid perspective. But when you break it down into a race by race, I don't think people understand how much you guys do 
outside of those eight nationals that really makes up where this money comes from. And I'd love yeah. for you guys to just elaborate a little bit more on what really truly goes into it. Because to just say, okay, $37,000 per race sounds absurd, but it, it's really not when you break it down. So can one of you guys touch on just like other expenses, maybe some things that you're liable for or that you're kind of expected to cover? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll start with this one here, Dale. Um, unfortunately, in 2020, 2024, $37,000 is not a lot um to i mean we're not we're not kids anymore and in the day i mean obviously that's a month right but like we're we're adults we i mean you can kind of get by on that as like a 19 20 year old um if that's it oh sorry thirty seven thousand dollars at the end of the year not just a month but um yeah i mean it is 2024 and unfortunately things are expensive so like when you think of you're making thirty seven thousand thirty seven thousand dollars a race if that was the case as a professional, so that was just athlete, 300 divided by eight. Yeah. 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 Was As a professional was, yeah. athlete, being the, the best at what you're doing in your country, you compare that to any, I know we're a really small niche sport, but compare that to any other sport. And those are, those are little, little numbers. Right. So like, I don't think we're out to lunch on it. And then kind of to what your point there, Dario, and your question is like, I mean, yeah, we could really break this down. Like, just to come down south here, right? You're spending $1,500 or 2000 kind of it depends on how long you're staying and stuff, just on insurance to be here, right? Before mm -hmm. you even cross the border. just That's health insurance, just in case you have to go to the hospital or anything like that? Yeah, and I think it's actually gone up. Um, and then, yeah, and then we're paying for our, I mean, I don't know, obviously each contract's different, each person's different, but you're paying for practice bike fuel, paying for our training, paying for a trainer, paying for the wherever we're staying down here, um our fuel and stuff to get down here obviously food that everyone has to pay for food everyone has to pay for fuel to go to their job because like that kind of makes sense but not really the fuel at their job that's that's always a tough one that i kind of have a debate with the team and stuff with sometimes but uh it, it is what it is on that end but um yeah and then you know you go break your arm right oh wow we're two months out i can make round one let's go spend it's 70. I mean, I was doing physio last year, $75 a visit. And I was going three times a week to make sure that I could be ready for round one. And, uh, luckily my girlfriend has unreal benefits <laughs> and, but yeah. still it covered $1,200 and I still spent another thousand bucks on it. And yeah, it's not that much, but when, I mean, we're not, we're especially like a position that I am in. And again, I'm not trying to play. I feel bad, but like I didn't have a good year last year and like, I'm not, breaking in the money so like you're like end of the day you're like is spending a thousand dollars worth it if i mean for like how much i'm making and whatnot so yeah it's a tough uh, this is a tough topic obviously it's uh everybody in the sport wishes that there was more money to be thrown around um and i think that's so, why this is a good question is because it's this very open-ended question right so not to cut yeah. you off here, but you said something like we've had conversations about, you know, similar topics before the three of us and something that kind of stuck out to me that I never really thought about, I guess, was when you said, you know, you go down to these training facilities, you pay whatever the cost is for the training facility, plus all the things you just talked about. But then the bills don't stop at home. Like you still mm -hmm. have either a mortgage or rent to pay. You've still got car insurance. You've still got all this stuff that, you know, regular people still have, but that's still on your plate there too, right? yeah exactly it's uh yeah i mean i'm at gpf right now and it 
I mean, I love GPF. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's not quite like these other training facilities. It's it's a practice facility, right? It's not really a training facility. And at this stage of my career, I'm I'm totally fine with it because I know what I need to do and to get the job done and and fight for a championship. But I mean, it's I'm here pretty much solely because it's the only place that I really can afford. Because the plan when I originally was going to come down, I was going to come down with uh, go with Quinn Amiot. But when I kind of wrote out my budget and expenses and everything it just did not make sense to me it was just it's going to cost me too much that it was uh going to put me in a position that i didn't want to so yeah those are just the just some of the small small things i don't know if you have anything else that uh you can add dale that you kind of can think of yeah i mean i'm you touched on a lot of it there like the expenses and everything like man for us to come down to the u.s which is mostly on us um like you're well over 10k like for the mm-hmm. most like for the most part um it's tough to do it under net by the time you do all your insurance and everything and paying a facility and the dollar shit um right now especially but um so there's that and like you, i i like what you touched on with like other sports like man the guy playing in the ahl not even the nhl of hockey is dude a lot of the guys are still making like five six hundred k and yes hockey's more of a mainstream sport and stuff like that but I mean, when you need to be at the peak of the sport and performing, um, you know, at the level that we all need to be, I mean, (laughs) you, I mean, you like to think that you would be getting well paid for it. And and like I said, it's obviously a lot of bonuses and driven and stuff too in our sport. Like when you're winning, you should be making good money. Um, And I, this is like just a different angle to go about it too, is like when we come down south, like we're away from, I mean, my wife and your girlfriend, everything like we're away for like four months at a, you know, from family and everything. And you're kind of down here. I'm lucky I'm surrounded by a good group of guys. So, you know, it keeps it, you know, fun and kind of distracts you from that. But like, I mean, guys who have kids and stuff, man, I mean, it's gotta be tough. And, you know, if you're, a, you know, want to bring your kids down and your wife not work and stuff like that, I mean, if you look at the economy that we live in at home with the price of living and housing and everything, like, man, if you better be one, making that 300 K mark. If, <laughs> oh yeah. If you're, if you're a one, if you're a one guy show doing, you know, with all the expenses of racing and then your wife's not working, you got kids and everything. Like, I mean, and that's kind of the realistic, the life that we're at right now. Like I'm at the point where, you know, probably kids aren't too far down the road realistically and a wife. And then, you know, I mean that it's gotta be, it's going to be tough to be away from the family and stuff. So if the wife doesn't work, then you, I mean, if you're winning, you realistically should be able to support, you know, your family and have the family kind of follow along. But I mean, if you're not making over 200, that's really tough in our kind of economy that we're in right now. Right. If you're, you know, paying the expenses and paying the cost of living everything at home and being away from home, like, you you need and still making a little bit of money at the end of the day but i mean you need to be making about that to be you know comfortable so i don't want to get too far like off this topic here because i do want to actually circle back i've got a couple more money questions that i'm going to pick your brains about and money's tough right like i mean we might this kind of like we might be dodging some and whatever but i'm just trying to give the best explanation for like why i realistically think that number is fair like 
Um, yeah, that's no, that's obviously fair. talking about money is always like personal too, but that's just my honest opinion. We may get shit on for it, but whatever. It's crazy, Dylan. The podcast is your opinion. You, you wouldn't believe that, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, quickly, just because uh, you guys are both have gone to the states, and Dylan, you've actually gone to the GPs. Does it um, irk you a little bit when you're on the gate and you're racing around guys and you're kind of looking at the names that are around you? Uh, Dylan, the one that sticks out with you is, um, when you were actually chasing down AC and knowing the money he makes. And I was, you know, watching that moto kind of tuned in. And I was thinking, man, there's a big money difference there. Um, does it irk you a little bit when you guys go race maybe in the States or over in GPs and knowing what those guys are making versus where you're at and your ability to race against these guys, does, does that ever kind of cross into your mind? Yeah, I'll take this one with you can um, kind of go after here. But um, yeah, I mean, of course, but like I said, like, you know, Canada's a smaller market right now, especially I mean, it is we're a, so and much of a totally comparing apples and oranges here. I just want to. Yeah, clarify. especially with like the GPs and stuff. But I mean, it it's honestly like motivating. Like, yeah, if you want that much money and an opportunity comes up then hell yeah i'm taking it like that's a lot of money that kind of these guys are making down here but i mean it's kind of that carrot right and and we we're doing all right in our series at home but um but you know what i mean when you are starting to race against these guys and the level that we're racing at in canada right now is really good like the speed and everything i know everybody's like oh get some u.s guys to come in and that and this and that and and I'm like, dude, it's, we're going pretty fast right now. Like myself, Tanner, Jess, uh, I know Moff retired, T-Dags, Benoit, um, list goes on, man, of like great Canadian talent. And I mean, <laughs> we're all riding at a pretty good level. So it's even tough for these teams to come get a U.S. guy because of the financials, right? Like, I mean, if they're not going to be able to pay this guy the money that they're making down in the U.S., they ain't coming up right for that amount of money so i think it just definitely brings a different kind of level of you know the pay and stuff but um but yeah i mean when you're kind of battling with those guys it's like dang i wish i could you know just get kind of the shot to to make it happen but i mean these guys ride super cross so it's kind of you know it's a little bit different but um but you bring up a good point yeah well i mean I'll be honest, like I haven't done shit over there, so I can't even really elaborate to that one, to be honest with you. So I will though or no, but add to what Dylan Wiz, had to I say. know you're cutting yourself short here. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's not necessarily true. You've made nationals in the four fifty and two fifty class, and that's a lot for Canadians. So even though like maybe you don't feel like you did as well as you could have done, you've definitely still done good for Canadians. Now I'm going to not interrupt you. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to add to what Dylan had had to say there with like uh, trying to like, yeah, people saying Americans when you get some Americans over here and whatnot, but it's, it's tough. Cause I mean, I don't know the full details, but like, I think there's a reason why Kevin Tyler at MX 101 doesn't have a 450 guy yet. It just, it's he's expected to get a guy to compete to win, but to get a guy that's not, there's no really all the Canadians that are or that can win are taken. And then to go over and get an American that can come here and, and compete to win is going to be a price tag. And it's going to be a price tag probably more, well, more than more close to than what we're making. So um, it's, that's a tough, that's a tough game to play. And 
I think that's why you don't see a rider there yet, right? So, um, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely weird. I think it's been like this forever in Canada, though, right? Like it's been. I mean, there's always we we normally do always have those Americans like like back in the day. I think of um, Paul Carpenter, and then like moving into the Gurky days and the Nicoletti for a little bit there, but uh, Austin Palatelli. Yeah, I wonder if we'll ever get back to that point, but it's tough right now because, like Dylan said, like like obviously we're gonna toot our own horn here, but we're we're going at a good a good pace and and we're going good. Well, obviously, especially here in Canada, like it's I mean. Uh, like when even when Osborne came to Walton, I think he was he was obviously like out of shape and stuff and whatnot. But I think he was a little surprised at kind of the pace of of Dylan and I, and uh, yeah, maybe a little thrown off guard um, with it, right? So it's just because uh, yeah, not a lot of people know who we are. But I think when they come here, it's just it's it's different, right? It's I mean, Dylan can attest. Like when we go, Dylan did GPS too. But when we go to the states, like it's you ride the track and you're like, oh, this is way different than what we're used to, but it's the same for them, right? They come to to our track and just, it's, everything's different. It's, uh, it's not easy, right? Like, yeah. So it's, uh, obviously I went off a little off topic with your question there, but I just kind of wanted to add what Dylan had to say there. No, that's okay. Um, I don't want to stray too far from the money talk just cause I've got you guys on it and it's not something we really talk about a lot, but I think it's a, a point of interest for a lot of, you know, people who are listening. Um, I'm just going to run a couple more questions by you guys. And then, you know, I, I just want to kind of hear your opinions on a couple of things. So we've both agreed, or you've both agreed that, uh, 300 K is what you feel is a good salary. And that's sorry, is a good amount of money end in of total day. to be paid. Yeah. That's salary. Yeah, end, of, end of the year. Yeah. Hey, do you so, think Millsaps came here and won the championship for under 300? There's not a fucking chance. No, his, no there's I no remember, way. I think his, yeah, like I, I was on KTM at the time. I didn't know his details or anything, but from what I understood, like it, he was getting paid by KTM US. Um, yeah, and like it was a pretty and good, not only pretty that, good he chunk of change if he won. Second half of his career, like he went back to having a factory Yamaha ride and Cowie after that. Like he, he did well for himself here. No, he wasn't. Yep. He was factory Cowie after Kate after Canada. I don't think so, dude. I think no, twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen, he was factory Cowie. I think because twenty fourteen into fifteen, he was factory Cowie because he was. This is random, but I went to Monster Cup on a Super Mini and he won it on a Cowie. But Villapoto retired in fourteen, right? Like yeah, after that's Supercross? why. That's why at the end of fourteen, the oh, Monster Cup, bad. and then into fifteen. Okay, sorry. I meant I had that topic, but yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. Anyway, back yeah. to the money question. <laughs> um, okay, where's the tipping point of when you know you go from okay, three hundred k is the guy who's winning the four fifty title. Where's the guy that's supposed to make like enough money to justify doing this? And then where's the tipping point where yeah, you probably aren't making any money here. So what positions is it? Tenth should still be making I don't know enough to live off of, and then fifteenth is like yeah, probably not. Or what's the number you you guys are saying? Um, I'm I think eight through ten, you still should be able to race dirt bikes as your job. Um, obviously, maybe in Canada, just, yeah, maybe just getting by, having to get a job in the off season. Um, you mean kind of getting some personal sponsor help here and there, but still make it your job. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. And then, yeah, if you're outside the top kind of, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12, like 
you're you're not making you're making maybe some money some bonuses and stuff contingency programs on dealers and stuff but not not enough to kind of make it your full-time job um i think that's pretty fair in the middle because right now it's it's one through five on 450 class maybe and then it then yeah from I, there it's it's i mean it's not your full-time job unfortunately um dill yeah i would say about the 10th has to be the cutoff like just from where we're at and obviously like the level goes up but um for with what we're doing yeah i mean 10th i think's got to be the cutoff like and i mean they're making by making by but like it's not going to be easy for them like you said maybe a little job or personal sponsors and stuff um definitely would help with that but like man you think of the field and i'd love for it to be deeper but when you think of the field and like the 10th place guy like um yeah it's not it's not at the level it used to be and it i think it will get back there eventually with you know with some more guys coming as a series grows and that's and that's kind of what we're talking about money wise is like if the series grows and that 10th place guy is um you know going to be competitive um towards the front and have like you know maybe be like fourth or fifth a couple weekends um right and but finish 10th in the series that's kind of like where um i think like you know you're making a living racing your dirt bike um it's a tough call because I honestly wish it could be the top twenty guys. Like if the you know yeah same here, bud alive and well, you know like <laughs> the top twenty yeah if top twenty guys could make a living racing dirt bikes, I think it'd be phenomenal. But I mean that's just not the world we're living in right now. And um, yeah, but I think you kind of nail it spot on, Tanner. I'm not going to elaborate too much more than than that. I think you were you pretty much had it pretty dialed there. Yeah, right. I yeah, uh, sorry, I was gonna let Dario go, but I'm, before we move on with that, it is this is a little different, but it is crazy too, because like I mean, we would have, we could like there's, I'm trying to word this properly, but there is a place where there is, I don't know how to word this, <laughs> there's, there would we do in Canada have the depth, right? Like in just in my era alone, so like anyone around my age group. I can think of three, four people offhand that if they were still racing are, you mean a fourth, the whole fifth, series would be a little deeper. Yep. Right. A, a fourth, yeah, fifth, sixth yeah. place guy, right? Like Canela, Casey yep. Keats for a, a few examples right there. Like Trico. And I'm sure there's some yeah. more in your area as well, Dale. Like, and maybe that boils down back to money. Maybe they weren't making money and maybe not enough to where they wanted to be in life. And um, yeah, I'm in the day. Yeah. Like, we really could have a really deep field in Canada of just Canadians alone. If, uh, yeah, there's obviously a little bit more money, money to go around, but, uh, I mean, it's easy. I would agree, man. I like that is actually like a perfect thought because like, if there was enough to kind of go around a little bit more than there is the, you know, I think if we'd still have a few more guys that we grew up racing against in the sport still, it's just a matter of like, Hey, they were out of money. They had to go get a job. They had to go to school or whatnot. Like, so I feel like it could have just kept the dream alive for a bunch of guys. Like, man, like we could name off probably 15 dudes, but, um, just the fact of the matter, it's not there, but that's what we're saying. We'd like it to get there so that the top 10 is a little, you know, has all these guys and has the depth. Yeah. Yeah. So really quickly. I'm going to make a quick analogy here, but it requires you to both have seen this movie. Have you seen the movie where the Millers? 
Yes, sir. Yes. Okay, so you know how the guy, they're doing that whole uh, drug smuggling thing, and it's like... No rag rats, I, I, baby. <laughs> yeah, yes. I was say. So you know how the scene where he's like, you know, I'm you're making 500K? And then the Jennifer Aniston goes, wait, you're making 500K on this? I'm only making 50. And then there's Kenny in the corner <laughs> going, wait a minute, you guys are getting paid? <laughs> I feel yeah. like Dylan's making 500k. Tanner's going, I'm making 50k, and I'm sitting over here going, wait a minute, you guys are getting paid. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, that was, yeah. that we're gonna end on that. that was good good that too. Uh, I haven't seen that in a while. I don't know why I thought of that either. Uh, can we move on here, boys? Anything yeah, else you want to say? No, I think obviously some people are going to uh, maybe disagree, but I think we had some valid points. And honestly, if you guys disagree, tell us. Tell us why. Message us. Do, tell uh, Dylan why he's wrong. Yeah, Plain tell Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, I, I would love to know. I would love to know other people's opinions and and why not. And If you guys don't think our life is uh, worth $300,000, just I well, wait a second. More than, your life more... is worth it. No, no, your like, job sorry, might not job. be, <laughs> dude. I'm more is, than. This is the other I'm for. Here, let me I, finish this off quick. I, I am more than I willing to invite anyone. You guys can come stay down in my trailer and just do one week, right? Like, hey, I'll take that. All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would like, do it for free. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like it's. In another day, like I'm not complaining. Like I love it. Like I love I love waking up, going to the gym, eating right, putting in the work on the bike, doing bike work. But uh it definitely gets to be a lot and like it's there's days where you're just like, Oh, I don't want to do it, but you have to. Those are the days that are most important. But uh yeah, I don't wanna keep elaborating on it, but uh yeah, like Dylan kind of going thoughts? back to it. Yeah, Oops, final thought. <laughs> this is one was one thing that I wanted to uh uh I, I forgot to touch on earlier is like Dude, when we're like any other sport, and this is going to be the last I touch on this money subject here, with any other sport, like you're practicing at, I don't know, 50, 60, 70% doing drills in hockey, football, basketball, like whatever. Dude, when we put our boots and helmet on at the practice track down south or at home or when we're racing, like, dude, we don't have a choice but to put our balls on the line every day. Like, so every day you wake up, that we're riding, which is about four, some four days a week ish. Dude, we're literally putting our balls on the line that anything could happen. Um, I mean, dude, you think of the speed that we're traveling and I mean, just one little mistake and you know, our careers basically could be over. I mean, it's just a fact of the matter. And we have to wake up every day and do that. Like, I mean, there's gotta be a price to pay there as well like all these other sports dude in hockey they're not playing contact when they're friggin' you know practicing at the rink where it's like dude we're literally racing on the practice track like it, it we're doing it every day i'll uh i'll give you an example just quickly on that one like even today i was at riding at gpf and there's a this big tabletop in the front and i like i don't know just made a little mistake at the bottom of the face and kind of went right a little bit and I didn't notice it until I did that, but there's a tr- like a big, big, massive tree to the right of it. And I'm like, kind of started pointing at it a little bit. And I'm like, if I hit that thing, like going this fast, it's the jump is wide open on a 450. Uh, and you probably have a 100 foot run to it, uh, 150 foot run to it. So like it's going pretty fast. And I'm like, if I hit that thing, like legit, my life would be done. 
and uh, those are kind of <laughs> my mid-metal thoughts today, but uh, it's true. You Season know, is over. <laughs> Sorry, life, just to, just to go with that a little bit too. I think the other thing that kills me that uh, I think about probably more often than I should because that's why I'm slow, but the stupid little things that can go wrong, like snapping a chain or like your bike locking up midway through the face, just like that, those things that are not even in your control should also be paid a little bit because it's like, <laughs> that's a legitimate danger that you cannot control. Like nobody yeah, can predict that's... when your bike's just going to go right on the yeah. face of something. I don't know about you, Dil, but yeah, I just, 100%. I mean, I, the, the point we're at, we like, you just don't think about that. Like, you know, it happens, no. right? You know, that stuff can happen and, and knock on wood that, uh, it doesn't happen to any of us or anybody or that, that matter. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's part of the game. It's, I mean, it's the same risk for anyone who rides casually, but, uh, we're kind of just putting ourselves at that much more of a risk, just being pushing the edge every single day because i know every time i throw my leg over a bike to go ride it's for a purpose is to be better to be faster and and ultimately win in the end of the day so it's uh yeah i'm not just going out for a sunday stroll 100 percent. Right, yeah i couldn't agree on? more yeah we can move on. all right i got made fun of by dylan last time for not introducing this topic properly so we're moving into the crowd's corner let's go all right these are questions submitted by any of our four or five listeners and they're going to be primarily answered by you two so the first question is from at dylan's response time as two riders who have made the change (laughs) sorry (laughs) that's supposed to be like dylan's reaction time no, it's Dylan's response time because he never answers text messages. Oh, it's from a personal friend. <laughs> so they're about the same. Yeah. We're not going to expose slow. the person. But uh, <laughs> it's it's somebody who doesn't get text messages answered. Okay, sorry. As two riders who have made the change from the 450, or sorry, to the 450 class from being title contenders in the 250 class, not many riders talk about the struggle to make the change and how much more work goes into setting up a 450 versus a 250. Can you talk about your experiences? And also, would you say, what would you say to an amateur or younger pro making the change as well? So the transition from a 250 championship contender to a 450 guy. And we'll pass it to Tanner. Well, I was going to say Dale, but um, yeah, it's a struggle. It is a struggle um we kind of elaborated this a little bit talk about the new bike and stuff a couple shows ago but um yeah i didn't really realize how big of a learning curve it was going to be i seen kind of a little bit obviously from dylan going 250 to 450 when i was with him at uh, gdr but um yeah man the the 450s (laughs) the 450 is just a it's it's a it's a bike that you need to get on point right you can really really dial in your setup or you can really really mess it up and uh you don't want to you don't want to go the wrong way uh, at the wrong time on race day and stuff so i uh, wear like versus a 250 i mean you make a change yeah i think it's better yeah, uh, yeah we're gonna run it anyway right like it's you can kind of manhandle the bike there's not as much not as much torque not as heavy um yeah just it, not every little change on a 250 um makes a big big difference where on the 450 you even just change a little bit of uh 
like torque on the uh, swing arm pivot and it's, it can make the world of a difference or drill in the hole in the, in the motor mounts, or, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It's um, it takes a good group around you really to, uh, to make those changes. And kind of, for me, like I, like it still to this day, I'm still trying to learn how to set up a 450. Um, we kind of, obviously I'm on a new bike this year and I've never been able to have that chance to kind of do one on my own or set one up from my own but uh but no i think uh i mean everybody talks about it especially in the states and stuff too like it's the 450 is uh it's a whole new beast man yeah yeah i'm i'm gonna try and keep this short and sweet is the engine inertia on the 450 is makes such a big difference on the way the bike handles like when you're coming into corners and coming out of corners there's just a lot more weight transfer which makes it just that much harder to set up like tanner was saying and it also comes with the fact that like i think we all in like have a ton of fun riding a 250 because you can literally just hold it wide open clutch it whatever and you can kind of make it work whereas a 450 you really have to learn how to ride it respect it and ride it properly and you can't get away with you know those little mistakes because it it, it just emphasizes the little mistakes and the big ones and that's kind of like what the biggest thing for me was was just one trying to set the bike up and two trying to like learn how to respect it and ride it where it likes to be ridden and that's hard as a younger as a younger guy um because you kind of you have to be mellow you can't fight the bike or you're going to kill yourself in 20 minutes you're going to be gassed um just because of the way the extra power and everything and the way the bike handles you can't fight it you gotta you really gotta be one with the bike and like Tanner said, it it makes it just that extra little bit harder to set up um, than a 250 and get away with it. It's actually funny you mentioned that engine inertia on the 450 versus the 250 because that was the science of Supercross on Supercross this past weekend. Um, <laughs> I, I just funny timing. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our Can't next say question. Listen to that. <laughs> I figured, but I, I just thought that was funny timing because that's exactly what it was. It was Mitch Payton talking about the differences between a 450 and the 250. <laughs> hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Next question is from uh, anonymous and it's Dylan hinted that he stays at Hymas's place down in Dade city. Uh, you guys all try and help each other. Oh my gosh. English. You guys all try to help out a traveling buddy, which is again, part of that family fabric we talked about last show. Uh, can you talk about like more about who you're staying with and how you guys, all you moto guys kind of help each other out within the season? Uh, Dylan, it's gonna yeah. be you because you're at Hymas's yeah. place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean... <laughs> I think um, it's cool. Like our moto community is pretty tight knit, right? Like it's not a massive community. We all pretty much know each other for the most part. Like especially kind of at my age, maybe when I was a little bit younger, I didn't kind of know everybody. But once you kind of get to know the industry a bunch, like at the level that we're racing at, it gets smaller and smaller as you you know you kind of get to the pro ranks and you would be surprised how many guys are willing, you know, help someone out. And one, it's good for training because it makes you better and you can kind of motivate each other and feed off each other and help each other out when maybe stuff isn't going super well, or if it's going well, the, you know, you kind of relate it to the other guy and train together. Having a training partner is always a ton more fun. And I think 
just as a community, like we all realistically, like, I mean, there's obviously the exception of some guys, but we all kind of want each other to succeed, especially if you're not racing against the other guy, which Tanner and I, um, we both <laughs> want each other to succeed. So it's kind of a little bit different, but, um, yeah, I, th- I just think there's so much respect for everybody that once you get to the pro level that you're all kind of willing to just kind of pitch in a little bit to help. Like if someone's traveling, like if Tanner needs a place to stay when we're kind of going to Deschambault or whatever, dude, my door is open. Like come stay at the house, man. Come hang out. Like, so I think that part of our sport is really cool. That might not happen in a ton of the other sports. And I'm obviously, I can't think the guys down at like the dog pound jet hunter chance and Renee and Dazzy and everybody enough. They kind of welcome me in as a family and you know, you kind of get part of the gang and it, kind of just um works out that way in our sport like it's pretty cool tanner anything to add there no i mean yeah it's he explained that well like it's uh it's a tight-knit sport and yeah canada i mean i elaborate on the canadian side a little bit like it's different like i mean we all know each other we're all pretty welcoming like we like i mean there's going to be times this year where Dylan and I are probably mad at each other, but like it gets thrown out the window pretty quick. We don't hold a grudge too much. And that actually, that might go back to the point of like, in the end of the day, like there's not actually that much money on the line. Uh, I'm sure once the money gets bigger and it's a little, I mean, I'm not going to say we're not serious in Canada, but um, yeah, I mean, kind of circling back to it, it's, we're such a small sport it's pretty rad like he said like i've stayed at dylan's house a lot of times while i'm in quebec trying to ride some tracks and whatnot and and vice versa he comes to my places i'm close to go for him it's uh obviously our relationship's a little bit different than the rest of the guys but uh, yeah it's pretty it's kind of cool and i think it'll be kind of we'll appreciate it more once we're done racing and the uh, relationships that we kind of got out of the sport yeah all right this one comes to somebody that or comes from somebody that we actually know pretty well uh, at QM Meston. What's something people don't know about you? And uh, he also wants to share. <laughs> I thought this was a little odd, but uh, Keelan wants us yeah. to know that he sits while he pees. And he says, quote, it's nice to take a load off. <laughs> that one made me laugh. Uh, Tanner, go. What's something people Holy don't God. know about you? Um, I honestly don't know. Like, I mean... Uh, I'm pretty simple. Eat dirt guy, bikes, I, sleep dirt yeah, bikes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty simple, like simple as they get, man. This I love what I do, man. I enjoy my life. Um, I mean, I guess I mean you, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably know, but like I uh, recently in the last like three years found a new passion for golf. I do love golf, man. Like after Walton this year, I think I golfed every day for like five days just to take a break and get away, but. Um, yeah man i really don't know what else new Go. headline motocross guy also likes golf yeah man <laughs> exactly all right we'll let you off the hook dylan something people don't know about you dude i'm actually struggling to figure this out i'm a pretty open book honestly um i don't know man i, I yeah I'm, I, I i don't really get any people pretty much know my story they know kind of what I do, where I came from. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm a, honestly, I'm a pretty open book. I don't really hide much, to be honest. I, uh, it's a tough one. 
I, I, I might be able to get back to you after the next question. Or it's something. okay, guys. This really question was only sitting in the show notes for three weeks. It's okay. <laughs> no problem. Nobody prepared. But all I can say is that I do not sit the pee. So that's... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Keelan. <laughs> that's funny. You're that guy that gets piss everywhere, eh? Yeah, yeah. Don't lift the seed either, but just let her go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to share one here just because. Um, when in 2020, when COVID happened and I kind of got lucky and I talked to Derek Schuster and asked if I could stay at Gopher Dunes, uh, you guys ended up being there. And with that, McNabs were also there. And it just happened that McNab- uh, the McNabs had a litter of Yorkies. And Tanner and I actually have dogs that are from the same <laughs> litter because... We spent so much time with these damn dogs and we just ended up with one. They were so friggin' cute. So that's that's the one thing that I guess I'm gonna Charlie. Share. Charlie. You just Ruby. Talked into it. Brad yeah. McNabb talked you into it. <laughs> he, he didn't even oh, upsell no. us. He was just like, Yeah, take it. The, the I mean no motor home was too full. <laughs> Dario, let's be real. Lindsay talked you into it. They no, were there. I, no, yeah. what? I would love to say that, but I'm actually the one who did it. It was my uh, fault. I mean, on I my side of things it, with <laughs> on, with my dog, we, uh, I mean, it was for sure Montana that talked me into it because, like, I would, she would come hang out because it was COVID and stuff, and they would, her and Lindsay would go see the dogs. Like, they saw the Every dogs day. when they saw us. Yeah, like, yeah. they loved these little puppies. So, yeah, good times, man. Good times. Those were, uh, I mean, going circling back to that last question, like, those are memories that will – We'll never forget, man. It's pretty crazy where the sport will bring in what it'll do, and it's uh, it's it's something that we all love, man. Just such a weird time in life, holy. It's actually weird to think back to it. Um, yeah, COVID, COVID was something, man. I don't wish that on anybody. No, well, but will be on that. So, but I have a vivid <laughs> memory of you chasing a goose into the pond because. Of... <laughs> what? There, yeah. <laughs> And moving on. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, next question. All right, next question uh, comes from Al Friesen. The question is, how do you guys turn the switch off from friends to competitors? And this is something that I am like, like rubbing my hands together maniacally because I'm just waiting for the season to start. And the first time you two whop into each other, <laughs> I am here for it. So... Tanner, how do you switch switch off the friendship and become competitors and then vice versa? Go. Um, I mean, yeah, like when I put the helmet on, it's 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 me and nothing no one else really fucking matters in the end of the day. Like it's it's I gotta go out there and do my job. Um yeah, it doesn't matter if it's still in front of me or who's in front of me, like like I need to beat that person. Um yeah, and I'm sure maybe it'll be a little bit different if we're in a championship and stuff. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough for sure. But um, in the other day, like it's man, bro, I, this is what I want to do. I race dirt bikes. It's what I want to do as a kid. I'm not letting uh, sorry, Dale. I'm not letting a friendship like I mean, kind of <laughs> split that. Like Dylan's probably the same thing, and everyone's the same way. Like it's yeah. And the day Dylan will always be my buddy, but like like I've yeah. I want to race dirt bikes and it's what I want to do. So like when, when the gate drops, I mean, it's a good old fashioned saying, man, when the gate drops, bullshit stops. And, um, yeah, we being friends, you know, you almost like how much I ridden with Dylan as a teammate stuff. Like 
I actually trust him more than I do other people and kind of you mean that trust is there just because you know his instincts and kind of the way he's gonna ride and um it's actually I wouldn't say it's like it's better but it is better in a sense right because you can you know that guy's not gonna tee you up but uh he's gonna race you hard it's it, it, like yeah so I guess <laughs> if that's <laughs> yeah i uh I'm, I'm i can't wait stir the shit I pot i love that yeah i'm gonna uh i'm gonna hand in my iou gift certificate. all right dylan go. how do you switch from being a friend to a competitor <sighs> man it's throw the helmet on um yeah i get into the kind of race day vibe and it's yeah it kind of like tanner said i mean you get out there and you don't really think about anything, but what you're doing on the bike and the race that you're having. And, um, we're all pretty good buddies throughout the series and we're all going to be battling each other every weekend. And you know, you're going to be battling the same guys. It's just a matter of like, <laughs> how hard do you want to race? Right. I mean, that's basically what it boils down to, but I generally think there's enough respect between everybody that no one wants to hurt anybody. But I mean, at the same time, we're racing for, you know, money bonuses and contracts and stuff at the end of the year. And I mean, you know, you, it's like a saying, like, I mean, when I would like, if my brother was out there, like Jet and Hunter, I mean, you literally have to act like that person is trying to steal your paycheck. Like that's basically how you have to look at it. And then, you know, after the race is done, you, you know, you cool down for five minutes and you basically it's just like any other competitor it happened it happened and you know you leave it behind and you chalk it up as experience and move on to the next one i think for me it actually happens pretty easily um as long as i just as long as i don't think that um like a competitor of mine did something that was out of line then you know you have a talk it's like anything it's like any relationship and anything in the world if you think something happened that you didn't really like that much you can talk about it and you get through it as as men i mean it's it is what it is it's racing and shit happens so and then you bring it up at dinner down the road yeah exactly yeah pretty pretty much yeah um (laughs) but like tanner said we like especially him and i like i mean yeah we'll race each other hard but we're not going to intentionally do anything to um you know put the other guy on the ground or whatever like just as an example or hinder the other one's race like if we're gonna you know if we're racing each other it's generally going to be clean and to you know not do anything bad to the other guy yeah i mean i'll kind of quickly add again um i think people would be surprised like dylan and i don't really talk on race day like on the line and stuff we'll walk by and like we'll kind of like yeah it's we just kind of walk by each other it, it is i mean yeah it's we both dylan's know. bopping along to mariah carey all day <laughs> <laughs> no but like it, it is like we know like it's race day man we have eight chances at it so we know that like from the day the moment we wake up it's it's time to like zone in focus like the friendship can that that's that don't fucking matter at that man at that point man it really doesn't no, and that's for monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday yeah Saturday, and i think that's where dylan and i can respect each other on it is like we both know that like yeah that it that friendship does not fucking matter that day right because whatever presents itself presents itself but like i think people would be surprised um like that we don't you guys turn into mushrooms on on race day you turn into real fun guys yeah don't like for me i mean it's yeah i mean i don't talk to anybody i mean i get in my zone i do my thing i go race my dirt bike and at the end of the day then i kind of turn back into my normal self that has a personality the rest 
is just it's just business like it really is honestly yeah uh, i'm a little bit different than, like dill is like super like focused in quiet doesn't look anything like i like to keep it a little bit light not quite ap light but uh i definitely i'm definitely <laughs> like light. a happy-go-lucky person so i'd like to keep it kind of light yeah <laughs> no i think i think that's a good answer for both of you guys uh can i just ask one more quick thing i know it is on this question but do you guys have any like you both touched on it a little bit but do you get a little bit of comfort out of knowing that you know say it's dylan but hey that's tanner there i know he's not just going to come and absolutely annihilate me in this corner like do you have a little bit of comfort knowing that that's my guy and i know he's not just going to go out of his way to clean me out and you know that it's going to be a clean battle like does that make you think i don't know because for me i would find a tiny bit of comfort in that yeah um hundred percent like i mean the best way to i guess compare it would be like having a teammate right like most of the time unless i mean teammates can go one of two ways you can either really butt heads and not like each other at all <laughs> or you guys get along and and work with each other to be better right and it's kind of the same obviously we're on different teams but uh it's kind of the same right you wouldn't expect that from your teammate for the most part um so yeah it's i guess that's the best kind of comparison that i can give for that situation Nah, dude. If it's last corner for the checker, I'm blowing his fucking Nobody's doors off. Nobody said last corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm joking. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, there Again, is definitely a little bit. If we're in a if we're in a heated battle and it's last lap, and I give you the opportunity to get in on me, that's on me, or vice versa, that's on you. If you give me the opportunity to punt you off the track or hit you and and take you out in the last corner that's, that's such a good way you, of man. looking Don't at be it mad at me. that's all, all right so i think such we, a rational we know that. thing to say <laughs> we know that as racers man like that's the thing like I, I there's no way that we're gonna be mad at each other if it's it's all situational right when it's first lap yeah i mean I, three corners I mean, into the we're race, not gonna hurt each other no. like <laughs> coming into the first corner <laughs> first corners uh, i don't right, you can intentionally <laughs> take someone out in the first corner if you're not like have the whole shot that's impressive because like first corners are pretty hectic yeah yeah they are all right we're yeah, gonna just basically stay in your lane <laughs> yeah just get through it and then figure it out from there all right really quickly tanner can you tell the people where they can follow us yeah you guys can follow us on instagram and twitter at off the gate pod um and then obviously our personal socials i don't know your guys mine's underscore tan award i don't know uh your guys's but um yeah i mean damn good question dylan shoot your social go (laughs) i'm actually looking it up that's dylan dot right (laughs) nine i'm d underscore zeka 415 (laughs) yeah and going forward for our uh the crowds corner segment obviously just guide your questions uh, to off the gate pod. You'll probably get a response or you'll be uh, your question will be asked on here. If it's to our personals, high chance it probably won't be. But um, but yeah, man, I I think it's pretty Especially rad. Especially if it's mine. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, it's, we're pretty uh, good at staying on top of checking the messages, especially when we're making the show notes. So anything you send direct message to off the gate, either Instagram or, or Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days um we check those out and we fish through them and we add them to our show notes and there was a lot of good questions i actually stored a bunch away that we just didn't have time or didn't have time to get to but it really appreciate those messages so 
Yeah, boys. Right, back boys. to Dylan. What's your social? Yeah, he, he said it. Dylan Dog. Oh, I'm so sorry. I completely missed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't joking. I actually had to go look it up. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, if any uh, any questions or whatever, hit hit us up. And we'll try and get to them. And um, yeah, again, boys. I think uh, I think we got a lot of good content in this pod, and hope everybody liked it. And see you later. Yeah, one last little little thing. I I do want to say it again. I, I'm curious what people have to say about our uh, our response on what we should be getting paid um i think that's gonna be kind of a touchy subject so uh i'll be staying tuned to see what uh, people's response are and maybe some of that stuff will be brought up next show but uh another good show boys i uh yeah appreciate everyone listening in tuning in um i enjoy doing these guys it's kind of nice just to sit down talk about dirt bikes talk about uh just talk about life with a couple of buddies of mine and well, uh, we're going to continue doing it every uh, every other week. We're going to be releasing a pod. So uh, if you guys are enjoying yeah. we'll it, we try and stay consistent on that every other week. I mean, we yeah, had some difficulties, our... but. Yeah, and then I uh, kind of got blown off by our friend Dylan. Um, yeah. So I, I, I had to throw that one out there. He didn't even say anything. <laughs> just... uh, all right, no, last thing. All for fun. All for fun. Do us a favor, click the five-star review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify because it really goes a long way in like boosting up our viewership. And I know there's not a lot of people listening right now, but we we enjoy doing this and doing that little thing for us makes it, you know, a little bit more justifiable. So I'm going to end it on that. And thanks for listening. Great show, boys. All right. Yeah. Cheers, boys. Hell yeah. Another one in the books. Yeah, boys. That stay back, I'll be swinging on till the hits come in all caps. I ain't gonna lay back, pray that someone's gonna help me. Ain't nobody like that. I ain't gonna wait, that's all fat. Give me one shot, and I'll never get the throne back.